You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your noon news for uh, Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. A young driver was lucky to escape injury after her vehicle got stuck on a railroad crossing southeast of Carroll last night. Initial indications are the Carroll County Sheriff's Office responded to the 20,000 block of Olympic Avenue to a report that a Union Pacific Railroad train engine had collided with a vehicle on the tracks. The driver was able to exit the vehicle prior to the collision, and no serious injuries have been reported. Carroll Broadcasting will bring you more information when official reports are released. The Carroll City Council declined to take immediate action on proposed change orders for the Carroll Recreation Center improvement project during last night's meeting in response to concerns from city officials on their cost and necessity. The change order consists of seven adjustments from locker room redesigns to entrance ramp adjustments. One of the pieces includes a nearly $8,000 door addition for the women's locker room that was missed on the plans by RDG, the project's designers. Mayor Mark Beardmore pressed Brad Rodenberg, an RDG architect, on how this oversight could have happened. Apparently the door was mismarked on the plans, and so it came as a bit of a surprise and thus a change to the contractor. Can you explain why it wasn't on there? And more importantly, I'm going to ask on the city's behalf if you feel that you have any responsibility towards this. Yeah, so that door was initially labeled as an existing opening. It's obviously not, as we worked back and forth as part of bid alternates and different phases within the project, it was inadvertently still labeled as existing as we moved to uh, bid day. So essentially the contractor never had that door and opening specifically in their bid in order to keep the design intent and have an entrance into that women's locker room from the dry side of the rec center. We would have to proceed with incorporating that opening. Another proposed change was to the trench drains in the shower section of the locker room to the tune of $8,051. Rodenberg explains the need for a slight alteration. We wanted to spread those drains apart at least two inches or so, just so there was tile and concrete poured in between each drain, because we felt that based on the product and how those drains were buttoned up against each other, there was really no good way to seal them to one another to where water would not get in between the drains essentially and not be caught by the drain. So it would end up going underneath the slab. So in three or four different locations, we spread these drains apart and to make some of the lengths work out we went with four foot drain and a two foot drain versus three three foot drains it allowed us to put together a more long-term solution that really eliminated the potential for the under slab water seepage and any long-term maintenance issues However, Ward 1 Councilman Tom Bordnero notes this portion of the project has not been completed and questions how it will cost an additional $8,000 for work already in the initial designs. And then we scrap it, we space the drains apart, get charged an additional $8,000 to not do the original train work. Is that the way I understand this? So to, to do this shower was in the original bid, correct? Right. 
A third sticking point for the council was a $7,057 overhaul of the rec center's north entrance ramp. According to Roddenberg, a sewer line was positioned a few inches differently from city records, which required the ramp to be adjusted to account for the pipe. The entrance ramp has not been poured yet, so the council questioned why it should cost an extra $7,000 for what is essentially the same ramp as the original bid. Beardmore says the current council does not view change orders favorably. This was a pretty contentious issue, as you might recall, and with every change order, it just kind of brings that back to the surface again. And we have to substantiate, you know, to our citizens exactly what we're adding to the menu here. So I see some of these as understandable upgrades or enhancements or improvements, but like some of the other council have shared with you is we don't see as though we're getting value in what we already had in the base bid. Beardmore says the council was not ready to accept the change orders Monday without further information from the primary contractor. Baiting Construction, their subcontractors, and RDG. Officials requested RDG return with additional documentation for consideration as soon as possible to not delay progress. Copies of the proposed change orders and video from this section of Monday's meeting can be found included with this story on our website. And unemployment rates throughout the seven-county region climbed across the board in November. According to data released this morning by Iowa Workforce Development, Carroll County's unemployment rose by two-tenths of a point to 2.2% from 2% in October. Green County also stood at 2.2%, a 0.3 increase from the previous month. Audubon and Sac Counties both recorded a 2.4% unemployment rate in November, a 0.3 point and 0.2 point jump respectively. Calhoun County was up slightly to 2.8%, Guthrie County climbed to 2.9%, and Crawford County crept higher to 3.3%. While unemployment rates did increase, most of the region was below Iowa's November 2022 rate of 2.9% and well below the U.S. unemployment rate of 3.7%. A link to Iowa Workforce Development's statewide data set is included with this story on our website. And we do need to take a quick break here, folks. When we come back, more news is on the way right here on KCIM. Hi, this is Dave Selecta from Whipple's Hybrids. As this year comes to a close, we have much to be thankful for. I want to say thank you to our corn growers and our Whipple's Hybrid seed team. Without you, our growth is impossible. Happy holidays from Whipple's Hybrids. Hi, it's Danny and Gus Mackey at Mackey Motors. Another holiday season is upon us, and from all of us here, we would like to say thank you to our customers for your continued support through another year. We wish you all the best this holiday season and in the coming new year. Find new roads at Mackey Motors in Lake City and MackeyMotors.com. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. Tis the season for stuffy noses, coughs, and sneezes, but common colds may not seem so common with the flu, COVID, and RSV still circulating in the population. Iowans are reminded to take care with the meds they swallow. Dr. Wendy Mobley-Buckstein, a pharmacy professor at Drake University, says if you're taking over-the-counter cold or flu drugs, take heed if you're also popping acetaminophen. If you're taking both of those things, then you're increasing your risk of liver damage, which is kind of the the penultimate, right, of things that can happen. So the biggest thing that we want to really avoid at this point in time is making sure that people are not exceeding that 4,000 milligram daily dose of acetaminophen. Mobley Buckstein is a spokeswoman for the Acetaminophen Awareness Coalition. 
More than 600 pain relievers and multi-symptom cold and flu medicines contain acetaminophen. She says it's safe and effective when used as directed, but there's a limit to how much you can take in one day, so reading labels is important. It's a very safe drug. The biggest thing is, is just making sure, you know, with the flu, with COVID kind of still running around, people are really reaching for things and just really making sure that when they reach for acetaminophen that they're also looking to make sure that they're not overdoing it. Some studies show children get 7 to 10 colds per year and meds that bring relief for a parent may not be appropriate for a third grader. Mobley Buxtein says it's a safe move to only take one medicine at a time that contains acetaminophen. When you buy an over-the-counter product, on the back of the package now is going to say active ingredient and then looking to see what is the active ingredient. It's going to tell you how many milligrams are contained in there. Also, you know, knowing what dose you should take, infants versus kiddos versus adults. Research shows the odds of taking more than the FDA-recommended maximum dose of acetaminophen in one day increases 24% during cold and flu season. The coalition's website is knowyourdose.org. That's knowyourdose.org, a clearinghouse of information designed to educate consumers about the safe use of acetaminophen. Carroll County officials invite the public to a special open house tomorrow to celebrate former District 5 Supervisor Rich Ruggles' retirement. Ruggles resigned from county government earlier this month and has served on the board since 2016. He announced in November that he would be stepping away from the Board of Supervisors due to a growing number of health issues that interfered with his position. County officials invite the public to an open house scheduled for Wednesday at the courthouse to thank Ruggles for his years of service to the county. That event will be held in the supervisor's meeting room from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. The vacancy created by Ruggles' resignation is to be filled by a special election scheduled for Tuesday, February 7th. And it's the time of year when some Iowans like to pack the family into the van at dusk, switch the radio to Christmas music, and drive around town taking in the colorful holiday light displays. AAA Iowa spokeswoman Meredith Mitz says if you'll be making the rounds, remember to follow the rules of the road and don't stop dead on the street to take selfies. As they're looking through lights, whether they're in a residential area or a little bit more high traffic, there are still pedestrians and other drivers around. So you need to remain focused about driving on the road. And if you want to enjoy the lights, make sure you find a place that you can safely pull over. Some spectacular holiday displays may rival Clark Griswold's house, but while the lights are beautiful to look at, they can also be a dangerous distraction. Make sure everybody in the car is buckled up. You are still out on the road. Things happen. Make sure the driver is staying focused on the road and that you are constantly scanning the area for bicyclists, pedestrians, any young children who might be playing in any snow. And then make sure that someone else other than the driver is taking photos. Many Iowa communities have professionally lit light displays in parks, golf courses, and other locations. Some are walkthrough shows, but those that are the drive through style demand drivers stay vigilant so the jolly mood is not wrecked by a fender bender. A lot of these places, again, have lots of vehicles, so make sure you're keeping an eye on the vehicle ahead of you and going whatever that post speed limit is. You also need to remember to turn your lights back on when you are leaving the park because generally speaking, they have you turn them off as you're going through the park so you can enjoy the lights better. She suggests you make sure to have the appropriate winter gear in the car in the event of a roadside emergency. That kit should include things like blankets, water and snacks, a flashlight with fresh batteries, tools, a shovel, an ice scraper, jumper cables, sand, and a first aid kit. And that will wrap up your KCIM Noon News for Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. 
For these stories and many more, be sure to check us out online by following us on Facebook and Twitter, on the web at 1380kcim.com or through the Carol Broadcasting mobile app. I'm Nathan Cones reporting.